for all the early season predictions. Who's been the most surprising players and performances for the Vikings through the first two weeks? It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol Evans sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota, your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. So be sure to look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, and on Care 11. And Reg, hump day. Got a full 24 hours now to process that Eagles debacle. It's time to flush it and just move on. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. What Eagles? Did we, was there a game? Are there birds outside of your house or something? What's going on? That's what it is. Yeah, I, I got the okay. Discovery Channel. I got the Discovery Channel on. That's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, there you go. Hey, okay. Lots to get into, but first, remember, follow along on Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow at Lockdown M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast, too. Free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got it. Tons of great choices over there. Ron Johnson Show, The Football Party, and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings. Talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five star review. All right, to football we go. If I told you before the season started, through the first two weeks, Vikes would be sitting at one and one. Honestly, you'd probably take it, right? I looked at these first yeah. four games. I thought, man, that's no joke. Could get ugly out the gate. Packers, Eagles, Lions, Saints. No gimmies in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination. Vikes come out in the opener. They take care of business. Then obviously get throttled Monday night. But as bad as it was, they all count the same. It's only one game, and now it's over. It's done with. Time to flush it and move on. And as we assess these first two weeks of play now, I want to get your take on some of maybe the more surprising facets of the Vikings' performances thus far. Let's start at the top. What's been more surprising to you in the passing game? Adam Thielen's lack of production or KJ Osborne's lack of just overall usage? Going into halftime Monday night, they got into basically garbage time mode and passed every play. But before that, Thielen had just four targets through the first six quarters of the season. And for all that talk that was made about KOC's 11 personnel, three wide receiver looks and getting KJ Osborne on the field, he's only got five catches for 39 yards, even considering, again, all that garbage time and they were passing so much in the second half on Monday night. What's more surprising of the two for you and why? So here we go. Here's the thing for me. Looking at those guys out there on the field, they definitely have some juice. Like mm -hmm. you could tell like, you know, when they get the ball in their hands, like they are a threat to do something dangerous. But the problem is Kirk Cousins is not necessarily looking their way. Like, there were times on Monday night where Adam Thielen, I think someone tweeted, like, Adam Thielen is getting some good cardio in tonight. And that's really all it was. Like, I can't imagine being a receiver out there and every time you're looking around for the ball, the ball's going to somewhere else. And it's just like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, we'll run back to the huddle. Maybe next play. Maybe. And also, on 
Monday night, it, it seemed like Kirk Cousins wasn't necessarily going through his progressions as maybe you'd like to see him. We were looking at some plays yesterday and just some guys that he flat out missed because he just decided that he wasn't going to look over that way. And I think it's kind of weird, especially as you mentioned, that 11 personnel, the three wideouts out there, he seems to be looking more Justin Jefferson more than anything. And I get it. He's Justin Jefferson. But with the the talent that he has on the skill positions, I just thought that maybe you would see a little bit more from KJ, a little bit more from Adam Thielen. And I think the Thielen part is a little bit more puzzling to me because he is wide receiver too. And for some reason, like, Kirk is just not really looking his way. And I know that, you know, maybe the, the first part of his progression maybe is looking towards J.J., you know, I don't know exactly how some of these plays break down, but you would think that Adam Thielen would be a little bit more, you know, involved in this offense so far. Maybe by design he should be, but it's just not happening like we are, like, waiting to see. Like, we thought K.J. Osborne would have a lot more production. We thought Adam Thielen would have a lot more production, and this offense would be just, you know, humming. But for some reason, it's not doing that so far. Yeah, you got to think, as long as Thielen is healthy, they're going to start game planning him the ball a little bit more as the season rolls on here with extra tension, almost undoubtedly going towards JJ's side. Call it what it is for the rest of the season, most likely. And as far as KJ goes, I'm not too worried. I think he'll get his soon here, maybe even this week versus Detroit. I was surprised, actually, how much they went to Irv Smith Monday. But I think those two, KJ and Irv, are just clearly the three and four weapons in this passing game for Kirk. And they're pretty interchangeable. One week, it might be Irv getting more looks. The next week, it might be... KJ, and I think things will even out between those two ebbs and flows, obviously, throughout the entire season. And it's so early. I mean, we're taking a small sample size, two weeks, and really magnifying this thing. Next one up, things that have been surprising. Here's a good surprise. Jordan Hicks, mm. beast, stud, led the team last week, 13 tackles, second on the team now behind Harrison Smith with 17, more than Eric Kendricks, by the way. And man, this guy just gets his hands on the ball. Forced fumble already this season, pass deflection and interception, one quarterback hit, one sack. Guy's done it all. I said it back in the offseason. You got this guy for a two-year, $8 million deal. Switching to a 3-4, not only was he a bargain buy, but switching to that 3-4, he was an absolute necessity to get a second good coverage and tackling linebacker next to Eric Kendricks. Thoughts on Hicks through these first two weeks? He's been everything that they needed him to be. It's interesting because he's been a little bit more productive than even Eric Kendricks, and Kendricks is a baller out there. And, you know, he's coming up with big plays. He's got a sack. He's got interception. Like, the dude is out there balling out of control. And it was interesting because, you know, Arizona basically gave up on him. They're like, look, we want to go younger. We know that you led the team in tackles last season, but, yeah, we just we, we want to play some of these younger guys and see what we have there. He's like, that's all right. I'll go to Minnesota and continue to be who I've been, productive. And it's it's just interesting to see him go out there and ball. I asked him earlier this week, you know, we were all just kind of at a scrum at his locker, um, just asking him questions. And I asked him, I say, you know, this defense kind of plays with a chip. You know, you got Zadarius, who the Packers gave up on him. He has a chip. Daniil. With his injury history, he has a chip. He's like, look, I think people have 
kind of, you know, forgotten who I am and who we are as a front. And I'm like, when you got guys like that leading the defense, do you have a chip as well? He's like, yeah. Like, I think to play this game, we all have to have some type of a chip. And I respected him saying that because, like, it shows. Like, this team gave up on me. I'm going to give 110% with the Vikings. And through two weeks, like, he is probably the most productive defensive player on that side of the ball for them. Like, he's the most, he's been the most consistent. I mean, him and DJ Wanham, crazy enough. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> like, it's crazy enough him and DJ Wanham have been, like, really productive on that side of the ball, and, and you just want to see him continue that moving forward. Dude, guy has 100 tackles every year, couple sacks, couple picks, and you only had to pay him four mil per? Like, that's like going to Walmart in the dollar DVD bin and finding, like, the Batman trilogy box set on Blu-ray for a buck, and you're just looking around like, this can't be right. Like, what, what, what's the catch? Take it home, put it in the Blu-ray. <laughs> it works. You get your popcorn ready. You sit back. Quasi's just sitting back right now in his home theater setup and just enjoying the steal that he found in Jordan Hicks. Just absolute stud so far through two weeks. Next one up, mm -hmm. there was nothing good to be found from that Monday night game, okay? But if you had to make me pick one, I thought Cam Dantzler was – I thought he was solid. Don't blame him mm -hmm. because Ed Donatel made everybody play that shell coverage and let up some soft, easy stuff underneath because they all did. It wasn't just Dantzler. Can't pick on Cam for that. But when it came to making plays on the ball, I thought he looked the best of anybody out there playing DB. But yet when it, the game got out of hand towards the end, he was benched for a Caleb Evans. I don't know if he got dinged up or if it was maybe just truly a coaching decision. Maybe they just wanted to get Evans some reps. I know they really like him. They're high on him coming out. Thoughts on Dantzler's play and the fact we saw more of the rookie in the game in garbage time? Yeah, I think it was it was more so just them trying to get Evans some reps. He's going to be mm -hmm. needed. You know, they, they need all of their cornerback depth because as the season goes along, there's going to be attrition. You know, they already lost Booth, you know, at, in the first game of the season. And so I think that's something that they're going to just try to continue to get these guys some reps as – things go along. Cam Dantzler, look, he's never lacking in confidence. Like, that dude believes in himself more than anybody. And it's cool to see that from him. And he played with that 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 edge that you usually like to see from him. And I think he's going to be a guy, like, he's going to be one of those unsung heroes on the defense. Like, you know what you're getting from Patrick Peterson. You know what you're getting uh, from a guy like Shandon Sullivan, he's going to be a nice nickel corner. But, you know, this is Cam Dantzler's time to shine and really show that he can do, you know, he's like, look, Ed, like you got all this shell coverage that we're doing. Like, let me line up man to man with some of these guys. Let me take them on. Like, I can do it. You know, that that's his confidence level. And I, I think we'd like to see more of that moving forward. Look, no more of that shell coverage, man. Like, stop it. I remember that. I remember being a St. Louis Rams fan and Jeff Fisher was the head coach. And seven he and had nine dynamite. Every year. Yeah. Yeah. He had this dynamite <laughs> defense every season. And he had guys like, you know, Corlin Finnegan and mm. Janoris Jenkins, Tremaine yes. Johnson. And through the first like six weeks of the season, they're playing this soft shell coverage and everybody's like getting them. And I'm like, this defense is too good for this to be happening. 
And finally, he made some adjustments. Actually, he got rid of the defensive coordinator. But he made some adjustments, and they were actually, like, able to stick with guys man-to-man. And it actually got Tremaine Johnson paid. Like, I don't know if you remember, but he signed that big deal with the New York Jets uh, shortly after that season before they moved to – well, it was right after they moved to Los Angeles. And so, like, these guys can make plays like they get paid to actually cover guys like that's their job. So allow them to do that. It's one of the worst coaching decisions you see every season, almost every week, actually. Teams are up big. They play this soft, deep, prevent coverage and just let teams just rifle their way all the way down the field. Leslie Frazier, Vikings fans, remember, he was known for that soft cover two shell defense as well. Super frustrating at times if you don't have the right personnel. Speaking of rookies, last one here. We all waited for the deployment of rookie first-round pick Lewis Seen Monday after being inactive in week one. And then the game starts, and it's Cam Bynum again, and you're like, okay, okay, that's cool. That's fine. They must be waiting around on third down or some sub-packages. And then those come and go. Still nothing. And then Harrison Smith leaves the game with a concussion, and you're like, all right, well, better late than never, I guess. And it's Josh Metellus in the game. What in the world's going on here? Even in garbage time, you don't want your first-round pick to get some reps here for the first time? Help help me out here, Reg. What am I missing? Why no Lewis seen there in Week 2 on Monday night? Well, I saw him out there. He was out there on uh, different defensive packages. He had one snap. Yeah, Josh Metellus had 10. Uh, when Harrison Smith went out, that is. Josh Mattelis had 10. Lewisine had one snap. One snap, huh? What's happening? Well, I think well, they're just trying to bring I- him along. He he was injured, you know, and, mm-hmm. and look, he's the first-round pick, so they have high hopes for him. But there's no rush with this guy, like, especially with the emergence of Cam Bynum and him being able to be a player that you can rely on out there on the back end of that defense, along with Harry just continuing to be Harry. Obviously, that concussion is a little worrisome, um, but you hope to get him back soon. Um, but I, I think they're just trying to bring him along and and really try to figure out like how he fits with this defensive unit. And I'm not really too worried about that. Again, he got one snap. Josh Mantellis got 10. And you hope this is a case, considering all the pressure most teams in the NFL put on starting their first-round pick. This is just a case of Cam Bynum being better than maybe advertised, at least in the coach's eyes, and not so much Lewis Seen just not being caught up with the playbook or being injured more so than we're hearing just kind of the national media. We both pounded the table and said all offseason, Cam Bynum ain't giving that job up without a fight. But Again, through two weeks, not to see any three safety looks or just get one snap for scene again, especially in the blowout like that. Get his feet wet a little bit. I think some fans are a little disappointed. Vikes take on Detroit in week three. Lions coming off a big win versus Washington at home. Rookie Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks already this year. Dan Campbell got that team heading in the right direction. And they just don't feel like the cakewalk easy dub like they had been for, uh, I don't know two decades, it seems like. That kicks off Sunday at noon, broadcasted on Fox. Plenty of more Vikings, NFL, and Twins to get into. But first, Vikings open up in Vegas as six-point favorites at home versus the Lions this week. And Vegas has this one scheduled to be a shootout with a 54-point over-under. Game has already moved down to Vikes by five and a half. Public already smashing the Lions there. You can check those odds out and more 
with BetOnline, BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, and info. You want it, they got it. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, and let us know what you think. All right, to baseball we go. Twins lose last night to the Royals 5-4. Dylan Bundy gives up four through four innings. Before we get into projecting the 2023 lineup, any quick thoughts or notes you saw from last night's game? They lost. It was rough. <laughs> I, I mean, the last These are how these twin segments the are going to go here now for the next yeah. two weeks, isn't it? Yeah. They they lost or they they lost last night, but the last two series they played against the Royals, they swept them, and then they come out and you know I guess you know look it's baseball they get paid just like the Twins get paid and all that good stuff. Before a team that you know is supposed to be fighting for a playoff spot, they're way out of it at this point. Where was the fight, man? Like, I, I think. The, if you're a Twins fan, you're just disheartened how this last, like, last, what, month and a half, two months have gone for this team. It, it's it's really, it's like, it makes you mad enough. You're just like, man, just get rid of the whole team. Like, move them to Duluth. Like, I, I just, this this season has so much promise at certain points. And then all of a sudden, nothing. And now, you know. You got the White Sox and the Guardians duking it out for the top spot in the division. And the Twins are just kind of looking on the the outside. They're like window shopping. They're like, ooh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Ooh, you know, if I had enough money one day, I'd buy that. I like that. Ooh, wow. You see all the kids that's at the nice. playground there, and you're on the other side yeah. of the fence going to summer school. And your mom's like, come in, on, get over here. We got to go. Let's go. We got to go. But mom, they're playing. What did I say? Let's go. We got to go. You can't be out there with them. You're on punishment. <laughs> it's just like, dang, man. Like, I want to play with my friends, you know? It's like, no, playtime, you allude. If you had it done, you know, this is like my mom. If you had it done what you're supposed to do, then you can be out there with them. But for right now, get in there and wash those dishes. And you're just like, dang, man. My hands are going to be all pruny. Like, this is just not fun for me. I'm not having fun. But it's just like they have nobody to blame but themselves. And it's just so tough to watch how this is unfolding for them because, like I said, there was so much promise at certain points this season. They should have run away with this division. And for things to be how they are now, it's just disheartening, man. You know, Byron Buxton still hasn't come back. Sonny Gray hits the IL last night, 15-day. Mm. You're just like, dang, man, like – how did we get here? What happened? What's going on? Funny enough, funny stat, the Twins and the Royals have won just as many games since the All-Star break. 
How about that's that? insane. How about that? That's insane. <laughs> I don't like that, man. Yeah, absolute emotional roller coaster for the Twins this year. When I look ahead and see, you know, so many young names that the Twins, they're going to have to do their due diligence, figure out where all these pieces go and how they fit together. But let's just start with the easy ones. We don't need to dive in super in-depth. Just kind of quick knee-jerk reaction. Try to project this 23 lineup and just assume everyone's going to enter the season healthy, right? So like Byron Buxton, Luis Arise, your one-two, those are easy. Now I need to know if you think Carlos Correa is going to be wearing a Twins uniform next year. What do you think? I think it's done, man. I think okay. it's done, though. I, I agree yeah, with you. Over. And just let's say he's not back just for this exercise. Who's the absolute locks in the lineup? Buxton, Luis Arise, Miranda. Let's assume Royce Lewis then takes that shortstop position. Is that a fair assumption? Might be jumping the gun, especially considering where his injury happened. And it's mm -hmm. a re-injury. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to, you know, you would love to see that he's there. Mm -hmm. And also at the shortstop position, now having two knee injuries, you just don't know how he, you know, what the range is going to be like. Is he going to be the ready explosion, to, explosion, you know, short area, it? quickness. Yeah. 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 So I'm not really sure what that, that position looks like. Maybe they take a flyer on a guy, you know, that they wouldn't mind having at that shortstop position just for a little bit until Royce can come back healthy. And then maybe midway through the season or something like that, you know, they work Royce in and he eventually becomes a starting shortstop. Buxton, Arise, Miranda, we got three. In your mind, without a doubt, you can say it's going to be in the lineup before we get into this, some of the young guys. Who's a couple mm -hmm. just we can rattle off here pretty quickly? So if, if if Sanchez is not there, then you think Ryan Jeffers is back and he's behind yep. the plate. Okay, there you, know, you go. Yeah, Jeffers, Urshela. our catcher. Yep, yeah, Urshela's Urshela's back. there. Here's okay. the thing, though, about the outfield. I have no idea. There's because so you many have guys, so many, man. Yep. Yep. You have so many guys. You got uh, Kirilov. You got um, Nick Gornick. You got Kepler. You know, Gordon has come along. Like, there are only so many spots unless they decide to platoon. I was in Cincinnati uh, last year and years before, and they had that problem. You know, they had Winker, and they had Nick Senzel, they had Aristides Aquino. And then they went and signed Castellanos. And, you know, like, they had all these guys. And what they did was platoon. But it's like, I don't know that you can get into enough of a rhythm if you're not really sure. You know, you can always be ready. But I'm not sure that that's the best thing for a guy's confidence and also for their rhythm for them to platoon like that. But there's so many things that you just don't know, you know, when it comes to the, those outfield spots, like, what's going to happen. And I think that's the tough part about projecting who's going to be in those spots. Because Buxton is a lock in center, but who's on the other sides of him? Yeah, that's tough, man. Let's switch over to pitching just real quick as we wrap up. Best guesstimate, super early, I know. Just best guesstimate starting five. Joe Ryan, number one. Sonny Gray, number two. Kenta Maeda, number three. And then where do you go from there? Uh, if you can get Tyler Malley back, yep. you do that. Ober? Bailey Ober? Ober yeah. Bailey Ober, maybe he, he rounds out the, the five. Because you think about, like, Dylan Bundy. They took a flyer on him. I don't know if they'll have him back. Chris Archer, he's they a took free a flyer agent. on him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if they'll have him back as well. But you have some arms there. You got some talent. It's just a matter of what you feel comfortable with pulling the trigger with. But I think, yeah, those will be the five for me.
And plus, you got young guys you never know who they're going to call up, and then they end up sticking like a uh, Louis Varlin pitched a great outing in New York, in New York versus the Yankees earlier. Yeah, you don't did. know who the young guys are that's going to come up. That's why baseball is so fun. Going to be interesting. So many young pieces who the Twins see as foundational guys and want to give the first crack to moving forward early in 23. Twins first pitch tonight, 7-10 p.m. Central Standard Time versus the Royals. Bailey over on the mound. All right, time has come. New favorite segments here called Give me one. Give me one. First one up here, Reg. Give me one. We're going around the NFL, by the way. Give me one coach already on the hot seat in the NFL. Ooh, you got a couple options here. Yeah, you got, I mean, you got a couple options here. You know, Matt Rule has to, that, that's one. Say, uh, Frank Reich. Frank Reich mm -hmm. over in Indy. What's going on there? Mm -hmm. High expectations there. I got to think it's Matt Rule, though. I got to. Never figured yeah. out that quarterback position. Used a third-round pick on the kid from Ole Miss this year. He's already on the IR. Mm -hmm. They trade for Sam Darnold. He's not the answer. Baker Mayfield starts 0-2. I like Baker. I yeah. like the fight he brings. They'll be competitive, but I'm not sure. I, I think of the two, though, Frank Reich or Matt Rule, I think Matt Rule probably toast after this season. What do you think? Yeah, so those two guys, I know this is give me one, but, you know, I think if there's like a 1A, 1B, if the Cardinals mm -hmm. didn't win that game on Sunday, Cliff's oh, seat, I mean, even sure. without that win, Cliff's seat is hot, man, because, like, he has so much talent out there in Arizona, and it's like, what are we doing? Like, why aren't these guys playing consistently? And good, like, good for them that they have Kyler Murray because without him, they be cooked, man. Like, he made some things happen on Sunday that you just don't see from guys. That scramble for the two-point conversion, that was nuts, man. That was nuts. It, it took that play, like, 20 seconds to develop, and he ends up It looked in the like a toddler who steals their parents' phone and runs runs around the room there for, yeah. for five minutes, you know, getting exactly. chased. Exactly. And, and that was... That that's how he does it, but that was incredible to watch that comeback. And then if I had to pick another coach, yeah, you mentioned Frank Reich. I love Frank Reich, man. I but know. If, I do if too. I had I like to, if, for him. yeah, if I had to pick another, uh, I would say <laughs> Mike McCarthy, man. Like, mm -hmm. look, he got lucky. They they went out. They bought out with Cooper Rush, but I think defenses are going to figure out how they can attack Cooper. It starts with pressure. You get pressure on a quarterback, especially a young, inexperienced quarterback, and he folds like a chair at church. And so I think that's going to be an interesting thing. Look, I, I know some people are thinking that maybe Mike Vrabel might be on the hot seat, but, like, I would say that he kind of gets the benefit of the doubt there. But a dark horse, a dark horse for hot seat. They did just win. He's figuring things out. Nathaniel Hackett. I mm. don't know. I don't know about him because he's kind of saying some things that he's like, yeah, I'm just, we're still, you know, trying to figure out the communication and this and that. And like kind of saying some things he's being transparent, which, you know, God bless him for, but I don't know if I would say he's, he's kind of saying some of the quiet parts out loud about how he's transitioning as a head coach. And he's made some head scratching decisions uh, these first couple of weeks. You hope that he, you know, figures it out. But that's a team talented that they were expecting to push for the division crown and, and push, you know, for the AFC crown. And they just don't look all that great so far. After all the hype and excitement around that AFC West that we made, only two weeks. So just pump the brakes. But 
Chiefs just still look like the best team, 2-0. Chargers look like the second-best team. And the Broncos and uh, Raiders just just trying to scratch and claw maybe for a wild-card spot there. All right, next one up. Give me one rookie that has impressed you the most through the first two weeks. I'll give you mine just right out the gate, buy you some time. Drake London has gone up against, mm. check this out, Marshawn Lattimore and Jalen mm -hmm. Ramsey. You could make a case the top two cornerbacks in the league. For a rookie, spalled out 19 targets, 13 catches, 160 yards, and one touchdown. And that's considering he's catching passes from Marcus Mariota, who's not necessarily mm -hmm. known for, you know, the most accurate of passers. So uh, Drake London's balled out, but there's plenty of options to be had. Give me one rookie that's impressed you. Look, I'm big on these guys. I thought that Chris Olave would have more of an impact uh, than mm -hmm. he has, but go with his brethren, Garrett Wilson. That was like a coming out game on Oof. Sunday. He balled out, man. A couple touchdowns back in Ohio, feeling good. Like, he's going to be a player, man. He's going to be a guy for them. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, already mentioned him earlier, but Vikes will see this guy, Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks already on the year. All right, last one. Yeah. Give me one reason why the Buffalo Bills won't make the Super Bowl. Everybody's already punched their ticket. They're already in, and they do clearly look like the best team in the NFL. But what's maybe one reason or caveat why they could slip up at some point and get sniped when this thing's all said and done? This is the only reason to me. And it's injury, some yeah. type of significant yeah. injury, because you look at every level of this defense and you're just like, good Lord. Like you got Vaughn on the defensive line. You got Tremaine Edmonds, like stud in that defensive backfield. You got Poyer, Hyde, a little scary that dealing with the neck injury right now, but you know, you hope that he's okay. And like I said, injury, that would be the, the only thing that would kind of derail what they have going on. You know, Edmonds with a little friendly fire to Dane Jackson on Monday night. That was scary. That was really scary. Um, yeah. He's doing okay right now. So they, I think they're calling it day to day. It's like, man, with how bad his neck bent back like that, like, good Lord, it's crazy. Like he's, he's okay. Um, but then you look at the defensive backfield as well, and Tredavious White, like, he's one of the best corners in the league. Like, they have all the guys, all the pieces to be able to put some things together. And then on the offense, got Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, and Josh Allen just doing just ridiculous things. I think other than injury, if maybe the run game doesn't go how they want it to go, Maybe that could slow them down, but I just – I really don't see how anyone slows them down right now. I think if they go at it against the Chiefs, they have a little bit more firepower than Kansas City does, and maybe they will be able to outlast them. But the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, so you just never know how things happen once they get in the vacuum. But the Bills look, like, near unstoppable right now. I truly think the Bills were the best team in the league last year. I think they should have beat the Chiefs. I think they should have went on, gone to the Super Bowl and won that thing. And now this year, they bottled all that frustration and anger up. 
and they're mm-hmm. just attacking everybody. And there is no let off that throttle, that gas pedal at all with both the quarterback and the coach. And when he got mm-hmm. the weapons around him, the playmakers like Diggs and everybody else, Gabe Davis, you mentioned it. Josh Allen's just got that Tom Brady feistiness. Like all he wants to do is win. Truly. He just wants to win, man. And you're mm-hmm. right. The only thing I could see kind of being a little speed up in this whole thing is he's such a mobile running quarterback. Granted, he's a linebacker. He is 240 <laughs> plus pounds. He, the dude's a linebacker. So it'll take a big hit for him to get dinged up. But running and mobile quarterbacks are always so much more susceptible to getting dinged up and shell for a couple weeks, if not the whole season. Look at Trey Lance. When you're putting yourself in that position over and over and over again to absorb those big hits, ups the chances that you may get dinged up. Haven't seen it yet from Josh Allen. Again, he's big, he's sturdy, but the big reason why they would stumble and not make it to the Super Bowl. All right, that's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more Vikings, NFL, and Twins. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and take us everywhere on the go. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today.